JM in the AM. Not only is he a Jewish sports legend, but for those of you who have a really, really good long-term memory, and I mean a really good long-term memory, he is the uh, person who hosted what eventually became JM in the AM after I got to WFMU. He hosted the morning show for quite a while back in the, let me get this right, early 1980s. And his name is, of course, David Kufeld. What an honor to, uh, it's, first of all, it's an honor to have you on the air. I always tell you that. But what a unique opportunity for us to be together on this flight as you make Aliyah Mazal Tov to you. Thank you so much. Has it been amazing so far? Is uh, it surreal? Sure. Is it reality hitting? What, what, how would you describe it? Uh, it's a slow reality. If, if I really think about the monumentality of what's going on, I, I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> I agree with you. I think a lot of people would say that it would leave them speechless. Now, this is not the first time I would bet, just based on your history, that you entertained the idea of being in Israel permanently. Am I right about that? There must have been a time when you were playing ball. And am oh, I right that you, sure, you always entertained sure. the fact? Um, yeah. Well, after I uh, came back to the States after initially playing in Israel, the fire was not quenched, was not uh, extinguished, and... Uh, couple of years into our marriage, uh, Suri and I, we had very uh, serious plans of, of coming back. I had actually, I had to have the pretense of looking for a real job, but I really, <laughs> right. but I really wanted to play more ball, and I, uh, we went on a pilot trip, we went through uh, the paces at that time uh, through the Sochna, through the Jewish Agency. Um, it just didn't work out, and it's it's been a void in our hearts. Everything uh, at the right time, huh? And yeah. your daughters made Aliyah both officially, correct? Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. they're already there. Uh, they're waiting for you. going to be in the same neighborhood as they are? Uh, uh, very close. Very close by? Uh, we're speaking with David Kufeld. In addition to the radio thing, in addition to a, a, being a name that's familiar to, I remind you, he is arguably, and you know I have to say arguably, because I don't want to get Irv and all the 2019 players upset. I'll say arguably the greatest player in the history of Yeshiva University basketball. Is that being fair, David, or, or, or should I get rid of the arguably? <laughs> I have the best press. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, including Sports Illustrated, including being drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, there's no doubt that you're number one when it comes to that. But hey, I gotta, you know, I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful what I say. You know, there are some great uh, present-day players. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. And and when it comes to Irv's generation, we also had a nice collection of, of Hall of Famers as well. Undoubtedly, yeah. it was a whole different era. He was at a whole different level then. Right, uh, and a different style of play and the whole thing. Sure. Uh, it was one of the greatest honors for me to induct you and to be asked by you and Surrey to induct you in the Yeshiva University Athletic Hall of Fame. I think you saw uh, that I painstakingly tried to prepare every word to convey what it was like growing up being a fan of David Kufeld and appreciating his representing the Jewish people uh, on the YU floor and, and through all the press, etc. And you said to me jokingly, as I saw you uh, in Kennedy Airport, what for most listeners now would be yesterday, you said to me jokingly that the Sochnut, the Jewish agency, would not allow you to make Aliyah until you were officially a Hall of Fame member. Now, I know you meant it as a joke, but you want to know something? It is a nice cherry on top to your career, having done that before moving to Israel. Oh, for sure. The same year, it's uh, two amazing highlights so close together. It's really amazing and remarkable. Um, 
The responsibility of one representing the Jewish people, it's something I discussed with the present day players. It's something that I think applies to arenas other than sports. You know what it's like to be in the business world. You've spent a couple of decades there. Obviously, you know what it's like to represent the Jewish people on the court. What could you say to people who go through their day-to-day -day life and don't always realize that they are representing the Jewish people in the arenas that they're in? I think they're missing out on uh, something we should all be very cognizant of. I think, first of all, we have to be aware that uh, we are under God's watch, Hashem's watch, and uh, that certainly should uh, dictate how we behave. And um, But we all have that ability to sanctify His name, to, to be a PR representative for God, for the Jewish people. And um, it's a blessing when you can make that positive statement. It right. doesn't always happen, but uh, um, that has to be on everyone's mind. Because we're only here for a short time, and we need to make the most of it. Boy, you put things in perspective. David Kufeld's here. What do you think of the Nefesh Benefesh process? Uh, incredible, easy. Um, in the last couple of days, I, I watched, for example, a, a documentary about the Exodus. And uh, to think how easy we have it today compared to what people were willing to do, whether it was the Exodus, whether it's Ethiopians schlepping through the desert and, and sacrificing, and Russians having been uh, um, imprisoned for their, for, for their Zionism. Um, it, it's just beyond belief how, how this is available to us on a silver platter. Every Jew should be taking advantage of it. And, um, of course, you have to take, there's some administrative issues you have yeah. to take care of, but that's fine. Things it's, have to be done responsibly, we get that. You know, I, I've told this story before on the air that there was a gentleman, a, I, I'll call him an exchange student, I don't even think that that sufficiently describes the situation he was in, but he was a student from Addis Ababa. And he came to the United States, to the New York area, and he ended up at my Shabbos table for a meal. And I said to him, tell me about your adjustment to the United States. He said, my adjustment was very simple. I came here and realized that all of you, if you wanted to, could move to Israel. Do you know that my parents are doing everything in their power and at times walking for miles and miles to get to speak to the right people in order to realize this dream? And you, I come in, and I'm like, wow, glad I asked that question. <laughs> that, that didn't go as well as I thought it might. <laughs> but he had an appreciation for it that we sometimes don't get. Yeah, I think a little guilt once in a while uh, <laughs> helps move the needle. That's for sure. I also read the story about uh, someone from Ethiopia who's now living in Israel who said that they are the only ones who can really mourn the destruction of the Beit You saw that? destruction yeah. of Beit because yeah. they never knew that the Second Temple was in fact destroyed. They went to sleep at night with stories from their parents about what the Second Temple is like and what it would be like to get to Israel and see it and experience it. And that's, yeah. I guess, just another guilt point, huh? <laughs> it's appropriate to talk about it during this right. week when we just come sure. out of. Uh, any sports plans for you in Israel or uh, you're in full retirement at this point? Um, can we take in an Apollo Yerushalayim Apollo Tel Aviv game together? Can we, can we make that commitment like I wrote on your Facebook post? For sure. For At sure. some point, go and cr start criticizing Israeli basketball. <laughs> because you know it is a little bit of a different style, right? Very different style. <laughs>
Well, uh, when I played, uh, the international rules were vastly different than uh, the states. The referee really didn't touch the ball. It was like a track meet. Uh, he'd make a whistle, may make a call, signal what direction the ball should go, who, you know, which team would have it, and you ran like uh, like nuts uh, sidelines. It run. sounds like a soccer type of uh, very much so, yeah. or team handball. Right. Uh, it's a little. A little, little more similar these days. Because when I played intramurals in the early 80s in Israel, I would always describe playing with the Israelis as run and shoot, run and shoot, and there was no other way to describe the game. No, for sure. I, I was never in as good a shape. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's your own little basic training, playing with the Israelis. And they don't know how to pass. At least in that era, they didn't know how to pass. Well, anyway, I hope we, I hope we can make that the next step in our relationship come true, and we'll sit at a game together in Israel at some point. And I do remind you that, uh, that we're doing this now for 36 years, but you had a big role in planting the seeds for it, and I'm very glad you did, frankly. Well, me too. That's I still uh, remember the first day of you training me on the board in East Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> we had to get in early. We had to turn oh, on the transmitters. Yes. The, uh, oh, yes. The big tubes. It wasn't as easy as people think. <laughs> certainly no. wasn't easy to remember all the steps, that's for sure. David Kufeld, mazal tov to you. Thank you so much. We will see you at some point in Aretz, and I can't wait to reunite in the Holy Land. Me Thank too. you, sir. The Thank legend you. himself, Dave Kufeld, everybody. Arguably the greatest player in the history of Yeshiva University basketball, and certainly a tremendous hero to people like myself and others who grew up rooting for him and admiring the fact that he was able to represent the Jewish people as well as he did. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM.